Joey and Kieran are late to the game. Hey there, Kieran. Hey, Joey. Welcome back after our long hiatus. Our it wasn't really hiatus. I mean, if you're listening to this later on and their episodes are already out, then it won't be like a hiatus at all, will it? It'll just be like the next episode that you watch. I mean, yeah. listen to. Hi, this is Late to the Game. It's a video game podcast where we talk about what games we've been playing, and specifically, they're usually games that we missed out on the first time around. So we're rediscovering old classics or old hatreds uh, that we didn't yeah. even realize yeah. we had. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do here. I'm Kieran. He's Joey. That's uh, true. Joey. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little rusty. I gotta get back into it. Joey, what have, no you, been, what have you been playing lately? Okay, uh, good lord, I've been playing quite a bit. Um, I've been playing a lot of Splatoon 2, uh, yes. which is, uh, like, in my habit of playing modern Nintendo and not late to the game to the games. Um, <laughs> so I've been been playing a bunch of that. I've been playing uh, a lot of Kirby Triple Deluxe uh, on the 3DS. That's been great. And I've almost beaten, like, truly beaten uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Nice, and that is we you we've talked about that on another episode, but you were like stuck in the upside down universe, right? Yeah, and that's, I, uh, th- that you you managed to struggle your way through. Yeah, do you mind if I talk about it real quick? Yeah, go for it. On this video game theme podcast, it's a good time. <laughs> I, I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this one time. Yeah. Uh, okay, so if I recall correctly, last time that I spoke about Symphony of the Night, I had just reached. Uh, what I'll refer to as the upside down for all of you Stranger Thingsers, uh, which is what I'm pretty sure fans of Stranger Things call themselves. So, um, <laughs> the Strangers. I was gonna do. I was gonna do a little sting. I was gonna like hum the Stranger Things theme song, but I forgot how it goes now. Yeah, it's just like. Is that it, or is it the Batman theme song? <laughs> I I have no idea what the hell that was. Um, okay, so you're in the upside down zone. Yeah, and uh, so essentially, um, once you destroy the little green orb that is controlling Richter, um, then you can go to the Upside Down Castle, which has a bunch of totally new enemies and uh, bosses and like items, all kinds of stuff. It's the same exact castle that you've been running around in, except it's uh, flipped upside down. Is it uh, as far as like this, the layout this, goes? This is a completely useless thing to be asking, but I'm just kind of curious. Is it is it flipped vertically or is it rotated 180 degrees? Um, <laughs> like like is difference? like is the is the image mirrored in the vertical like in the vertical plane or is it the same image but turned upside down? Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> I think those might be the same. No, they're not. They're not. Like imagine, imagine like a non-symmetrical shape. Imagine Texas. Imagine the, the the state of Texas. Like take Texas and just turn it. Just grab it with your hand and turn it 180 degrees. Is it like that, or is it like if you held Texas up to a mirror so that it was upside down? I promise they're not the same thing. <laughs> Dude, I have no goddamn idea. <laughs> okay, it, does, it doesn't I'm matter. I'm so sorry, but... It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was just mildly curious. Yeah, I I get you, but I I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I, 
I, I was even like visibly flipping tiny Texai and uh, no avail. <laughs> you grabbed the um, little the little Texas that every Texan gets whenever they live here. I've got yeah. mine. <laughs> yep. Okay, um, I'm sorry. I completely derailed your thought about yeah. Castlevania. No worries. Um, so yeah, upside down castle. Um, and uh, so I, I talked about this a little bit last time. I don't want to go too much in depth here again, but the upside down castle isn't like i remember thinking the first time or like when i'd heard that there was going to be an upside down version i was like what brilliant level design to accommodate for it being right side up and upside down long answer or like short answer is it doesn't right Um, they just didn't (laughs) yeah it just kind of janky now it's just like you your double jump can't reach the edge you need to so you have to transform into a bat to move a millimeter and then untransform and uh it's slow it's clunky it's bad uh, <laughs> um, at least like just traversal feels like shit in the upside down castle, in my opinion. Um, right. you you do have like all of your power ups at that point, though, right? Yeah. Okay, um, so you can at least like turn into a bat and like do your. Is there like a high jump or something? There was one of those in one of those other Castlevania games. Yeah, there's a high jump that they don't tell you how to perform. Um, <laughs> I only learned after like looking at walkthroughs and stuff, trying to figure out little bits and pieces because I saw it in a speed runs and um even that doesn't like it doesn't it there are so many different like pieces of tape on the crack in the dam <laughs> like that is the upside down castle like really little like little band-aids to the gaping wound it's like you're not solving the problem you're just like trying to take a lazy solution because you recognized it was a problem but didn't want to actually fix it um i'm being really harsh but uh I have a lot of problems with the Upside Down Castle. Uh, there, like, there are a bunch of enemies and like enemy patterns and things that are so stupid. They're not, they're not like challenging in a satisfying way to fight. It's just there's a whole lot of really, really cramped corridors that are absolutely flooded with enemies. Yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of a given. Like, I'm going to get hit. <laughs> like seven or eight times here you know and it's funny just... um I, so i played uh uh what is it order of ecclesia which is one of the maybe not the latest in that line of like metroidvania style castlevania games yeah uh, i was on the ds and i remember like reading people talking about that on the internet and there was a lot of talk about how it was like poorly designed it was like this like this castlevania game doesn't have like genuine difficulty it just has a bunch of like low ceilings with a bunch of enemies in there, so you're just gonna take damage. And I, I like the impression that I got was that the people who were who were naysaying Order of Ecclesia were sort of these like diehard Symphony of the Night fans who were like, "Oh, Castlevania is not as good as it used to be." And so it's interesting to hear you say that because like maybe that's just always how those Metroid-style Castlevania games were. Because that's like yeah. that's like spot on. Like my experience with Order of Ecclesia is like oh, I can't jump over these people, and there's just a bunch of them. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like... Like, I feel like a challenging game, Um, ideally, when you get hit or, like, something bad happens to you in the game, your first instinct is, like, why didn't I do something differently there? <laughs> like, default is mine, and I'm frustrated that I didn't play better. Right. Uh, like, the majority of the time I was getting hit in Symphony of the Night during, like, the Upside Down Castle, or not the majority, but at least during some of the more frustrating sequences, 
it was more the like come on like just like come on what is going on here like yeah 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 like frustrated with the game's uh like condensed malarkey yeah Um, you want to believe that you never need to take damage every 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 instance of you taking damage is you is a small failure on your part (laughs) yeah and i i didn't feel like that in uh in some of the like more asinine parts of symphony of the night Mm -hmm. um and it's like yeah go ahead sorry um yeah so i've not actually beaten it i got to the boss like the real true final boss you got to dracula uh, or is it a different person this time right now it's shaft but i think after i kill shaft it'll become dracula i don't even know um but, right, there's uh, a priest named Shaft in, in the Castlevania games. Yes. Right. Uh, he's a bad mother, shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the whole thing with, like, I, I've talked a whole bunch about Castlevania games having a bunch of different endings. And um, so I was like, I want the best ending. And in Symphony of the Night, you get, uh, like, the absolute best ending by setting foot in every single tile in both versions of the castle. Um, and I was going through that and, uh, that's the reason I haven't beaten the game was because I was like, nah, man, I gotta, I gotta a hundred percent this. Like I've got to do like get the absolute best ending. And about two or three hours into that, I was like, wait a minute, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) This like, this isn't fun in any capacity. Like it's, it's just dumb. So I'm just going to go and beat the boss. I'm going to get the second best ending I don't think there are any gameplay uh, differences, uh, which is the main reason I try to go for the best endings in the Castlevania games is because the different endings are usually the difference between seeing a quarter of the game and the entire thing. But here it's like, it's just me missing out on a room or two and I've like, I'm just done. Like, yeah, it's it's important to like, let yourself be done. I've been, I've been in that situation before where it's like, I'm not having any fun anymore, but I I'm sticking around for like for some like misplaced sense of of like completeness or like I'm not a real gamer unless I do this or something like that. You know, it's like let yourself let yourself just finish something and then like be satisfied with it. Sure. Um I I I won't go into too much both because it's a re- relatively new game and because I know that you yourself haven't beaten it. Uh but I recently-ish beat uh, Breath of the Wild, and I was having that same issue with Breath of the Wild, where, like, you know, Ganon's just dead center. You can go to him where or whenever you want. Right. And um, I was, like, running around. I was like, I've only done, like, X number of shrines, and that's to say nothing of the Korok seeds and, like, all these <laughs> right. side quests and all this stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, I can't beat this game because I've only seen half of it. And I was right. just kind of doing that stuff. And eventually I, like... And because of that, I played a hundred, like literally a hundred hours and stopped. Yeah, right. And uh, at that point I was like, I, I just picked it up for another like 45 minutes, beat it and then set it down. Cause I was like, if I want to go back to this, the shrines will still be there. Everything will still be there. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, I like, I felt like I was holding the ending of that game hostage and yeah, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> or, uh, or the game was holding you hostage, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like. It's happened a bunch where there are games with so much content that I burn myself out before I truly complete it. Yep. And um, I I think that um, I do kind of need to convince myself that I don't need to, like, sample every single bit of a game before I can consider myself, like, ready to move on. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird problem. It's like the, uh, 
what's the what's the word there's a there's a term for this but it's like you know it's like it's like there's too much it's like a problem of abundance like there's i have there, there's so many things to do that actually i'm not happy anymore like i wish i wish some of these were taken away from me actually yeah. i actually got my haircut yesterday and and my hairstylist was saying that she she beat breath of the wild and then like started a new game that was like gonna be her completion game so like yeah. she like played it and then just like played it to played it to beat it and like now she's starting over and like okay now i'm gonna do all the shrines now i'm gonna get all the korok seeds i think, I think that's a good idea yeah, I mean, like she might burn out, burn out on that, and then just be unhappy. But like, <laughs> that that's a good way I think of thinking about it. Is like, okay, I'm just gonna play this game just for fun, and then if I really want to, I can go back and do like that, that sort of like fun rigor of 100% completion, which can yeah. be fun. It can be fun sometimes. Mm -hmm. I I do know that I kind of stress myself out, uh, especially when I'm playing platformers, and that instead of just enjoying each level. Um, I, I like I'm like I have to get all of the main collectibles first run and like mm -hmm, if I miss mm -hmm. one then I replay that level over and over until I get the collectible and then I move on yeah. and um, the more enjoyable uh, like alternative to that that I've done before is when I just play to beat the game and then go back and do sort of a completionist run mm -hmm. and uh, like weirdly enough uh, this might be the only time you ever hear this sentence but I'm doing it with a uh, Kirby Triple Deluxe right now, and I'm weirdly kind of stressing myself out. Um, you're you're trying for the collectibles, or you're just trying to play it normally. I'm trying for the collectibles. Okay. And they're not. Very <laughs> so you hard you are to... not practicing what we're preaching right now today on this show. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they're not very hard to find usually. Mm -hmm. Um, like you know how usually uh, the collectibles are kind of a means of like, uh being like well you know if you're uh like an okay game player you can just kind of rush through the stages and move on but if you really want that extra challenge here are collectibles that you really have to kind of search for right the sort of new um, school nintendo mentality of like the yeah. game is pretty easy but if you want to challenge yourself here's the collectibles yeah um kirby uh is like an entire layer of easy under that and then the collectibles <laughs> bring it up to like the base just rush to the end of something like new super mario bros or something okay um so it's it's all pretty easy um and i mean that's fine uh it, it doesn't make the game any less enjoyable mm. if you're a very specific type of gamer it might make it less engaging it might be more difficult to kind of hold your attention if you don't have to uh exude a lot of effort uh i guess mm. or like sure. i don't think exudes the right word there anyway like if you don't have to put in a lot of effort to make your way through the game it might be difficult to kind of hold your attention but that's one of the things I kind of enjoy about Kirby games is that they are much more relaxed experiences. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really nice to just kind of kick back and be like, I'm going to kick this game's ass. And it's kind of <laughs> built for that. Like, it's it's really nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like um, I talked about uh, Planet Robobot before. I actually played and beat Planet Robobot uh, and then I uh, have now bought and I'm playing through uh, Triple Deluxe. Mm -hmm. And they are both really, really good games. Um, Does this make you more excited for the uh, the Switch Kirby project that's coming out eventually? Absolutely, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, because I... Um, like, Return to Dreamland on the Wii uh, is phenomenal. Like, I loved that game. And... Um, I've barely like I've only played a couple of worlds of it, but I really really enjoy it. And then Robobot is better, and Triple Deluxe is about on par with Robobot. So, like Kirby, 
I would argue right now is at his consistent best. Like, I love Superstar, and I'm somebody who grew up with Superstar, mm-hmm. but I might say that Robobot is the better game. Wow. And, um, like, again, that, Triple Deluxe them's fighting is words, Joey. Yeah, but. I, uh... I, I recognize that, but you know, it's a uh, Robobot is an expertly made game. It's a uh, like every aspect of it is fun, and uh, again, like I'm getting an incredibly similar experience with Triple Deluxe, and uh, I know we've talked about this too, but sometimes there's something really really nice about like comfort food style sequels that are just like, hey, you know that game you like? Here's a uh, here's just more of it. Yeah, it's like yeah. oh, lovely, and. Uh, <laughs> If you had to, can you make this uh, call right now? If you had to recommend people picking up one, would you be able to recommend Triple Deluxe or Robobot? Uh, that would honestly, I think, come down to how much time and money you have, which is a weird way of going about it. But I didn't know this until I saw it in stores, and then I pretty immediately picked it up. But Triple Deluxe uh, is one of the Nintendo Select games, which means that it's $20 like just anywhere. And uh, oh, okay. Robobot, uh, I believe, is still 40 So mm-hmm. um, I think Robobot is a marginally better game mm-hmm. so far, but I don't think it's twice as good. So <laughs> uh, if if you want to, like, kind of get your feet wet or if you're not, like... Again, that doesn't mean Triple Deluxe is a lesser game. Like, they're, right. they're both really, really good. And mm-hmm. I don't think anyone who buys Triple Deluxe is making a mistake. So... If you are specifically mainly interested in the Robobot itself, uh, then yeah, you know, go for Robobot. But if you just want like a new Kirby game and uh, you don't want to sink a whole lot of money into it, then I'd say go for Triple Deluxe. Nice. That's yeah. Joey's uh, Joey's game review corner. Yeah. <laughs> now so. give it a give it a completely arbitrary score out of ten. <laughs> All right. Now, all right, now, here now score it out of ten in five disparate categories, and then like don't aggregate those, but then pick a separate number for your actual score of the whole game. <laughs> here we go. Gameplay. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? I'm actually going to. Uh, speaking of arbitrary reviews, um, yeah. I here I'm going to look up IGN. Uh, I've talked about Jose Otero. Um, you have. I think so. He he's a reviewer over at IGN. Okay. I feel bad calling people out by name, and I don't want to be mean, but I don't like him. Um, oh, <laughs> what's wrong? Uh, did, did he like spit in your food once or something? He he spat in all my food. Now I, I just don't think he's cut out to be a game reviewer. Wow, um, <laughs> damn. Yeah, like I I don't know. Like again, I I don't want to I don't want to make this personal, but I already yeah, clearly why did, have. Why did you so. name the person? <laughs> That's you a really bad idea. There's a certain game reviewer at a certain website. Yeah, um, we, can, we can bleep their name out if it's if it's if you like really don't want to do it. But you no, know, get get this off your chest. I think you need this. Yeah. Okay. I. He. It honestly really depends on again like what you're looking for out of video game reviews because I think there are some really really great uh, like video game critics out there. Uh, like ACG uh, is a really great one on YouTube. Um, and uh like there are plenty of others but uh jose like he simultaneously in my opinion doesn't really go in depth on the game that he's talking about and just his reasoning for certain reviews seems super arbitrary 
Um, so, for example, Kirby Triple Deluxe, uh, he gave a 6 out of 10. Mm. And, again, like, that's his opinion, whatever. But um, he was trying to argue, it seemed like, that the game was objectively bad because it was not difficult enough for Jose. <laughs> and it's like, Jose, you're, like, you're one of the head reviewers at a massive gaming conglomerate website. Mm-hmm. This game was not built balanced for you. Like, right, 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 right. And it, it, it kind of gets into the, the whole discussion. Like, when you're reviewing something, are you trying to objectively tell whether it is a good product or a bad product? Or are you trying to essentially get into how you personally felt about it? Right. And, like, there's arguments to be made, like, whether, like, which is, you know, more useful or even more valid, whatever. But, um, I, like... I don't know, like, if a parent's trying to figure out whether or not they should get this game for their kid, they're like, oh, it's a six. It's like, no, Jose has not said that this game uh, is, like, you know, like, subpar for mm-hmm. everyone. He has said that it was not difficult enough to challenge him. That's a very yeah. specific complaint. And he had virtually, ne- like, if I remember correctly, he was like, the game's really well put together. It's visually very nice. Uh, You know, it's... Uh, it, it's got an okay amount of content in there. Everything works really well. There are no real issues. It's not difficult enough for me, uh, mm-hmm. the the adult who reviews video games for a living. It's like, <laughs> come on, guy. Like, yeah, this I, is he, it's such a huge conversation. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like I I don't know about you, but I've I've sort of like moved away from like scored reviews entirely because I like at at this point in my life, it's not like. I, th- there are like voices that I trust in the industry yes. that I'll just like listen to what they have to say, and like there's plenty of voices that I trust in the industry whose like opinions I frequently disagree with, but like I know those voices well enough to understand that these are the types of games that they're into and that they don't speak for anyone but themselves, and they shouldn't really speak for anyone but themselves. And you yeah. get into the whole like what should a vi- should a, a game review be? Should it be like a like a consumer thing to help people decide what to buy? Or should it be, like, a more, like, academically critical exploration of, like, what a game is doing and why it's doing it? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a big, it's a big conversation. Yeah. I just, just want sure. to make that known. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And that, that's admittedly why I kind of felt bad for bringing it up, like, the way that I did. Because I, I feel like to claim that somebody else's review is bad is to claim, like, I know what a review should be, period. And this one is not that. And right. I don't think that's an argument that I'm prepared to make simply because reviews like uh, serve different purposes for different people. Mm -hmm. And again, like it's valid to uh, be like, okay, I just want to know whether or not Jose specifically liked it because I love everything Jose loves. So uh, by the way, I guess at this point we're leaving his name in because I've said it like 500 times uh, (laughs) and I don't want to scrub through this audio. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But I, I guess just there I I disagreed with one man's opinion. Uh, this is Joey Nasser with breaking news. Um, yeah. Uh, well, that happens so infrequently these days that it is it is news. Everyone seems to just get along perfectly. That's in twenty seventeen. That is the way of the world. Uh, yeah. Um, All right. Should should we pivot away from the, the poor reviewers at IGN? <laughs> sure. Um, uh, Why was this see. getting me thinking about something else? Um, 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I've talked a lot about what I've been playing, and I've all, the game I've been playing the most of is Splatoon 2, but I'm not about to go three for three in a row while you haven't talked about much of your <laughs> stuff, so by all means, good sir. <laughs> okay, well, there's something that I really want to talk about, but I only have a few minutes before the mysterious microphone issue that I've been having will cause me to take a break. So maybe yeah. I'll just, real quick before we break, I'll just quickly say that I did finally finish the uh, Blaze Blue Calamity Trigger story mode. Mm-hmm. Cue the fanfare. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't really have that much to say about it other than like that that long tirade that I had the other day <laughs> holds true. Uh, that game is just a, a, the brain equivalent of like a mouthful. <laughs> Do you know what I'm huh. trying to say? <laughs> like yeah. like when someone just talks to you so much that you that you forget why you were having the conversation in the first place sure it is it is that but in narrative form um it's sort of it's sort of uh i think i said this before too but it's sort of like admirable in that way like it totally just commits to that like it's a, it's like an anime style game so they have like they have like an opening cutscene that looks just like the intro to an anime all the character designs are totally animated and like the specific plot moments like like beat to beat those are very anime, but like the overall structure of it is not at all. Like they didn't they didn't have to make it utterly incomprehensible. They they chose for that to be the case. Sure. And and like there's something about that that makes me want to like nod my head. Like maybe not fully applaud, but like look at look at the team and be like, you know, <laughs> you you crazy kids, <laughs> you really did it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like like the like the school principal when like the main characters of the of like the teen the teen movie like saves the old playground or whatever like you kids you know I don't agree with you but I respect your gumption <laughs> <laughs> um I am looking forward to playing uh the next game in the series Continuum Shift and I also want to get into I'm sort of into fighting games right now so I'm I I just want to get into like the the craziest fighting game stories so like I want to get a copy of Injustice and see what the um, the fine people at NetherRealm have to say about DC Comics, which I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. I've heard that there is a man that is super, and there is also a man that is bat. Um, <laughs> and I also want to get into uh, uh, Guilty Gear, which I have never played also. But yeah, uh, from what I understand, maybe this is misinterpretation, but I want to say that the team that worked on Guilty Gear at one point like lost the rights to it. And that was sort of the inception of Blaze Blue, and I think I'm I think I'm getting some details messed up. But basically, like Blaze Blue for a while was like a spiritual successor to Guilty Gear, and then Guilty Gear came back. So now it's sort of like oh, then there's this, these two like bonkers franchises out there. So I gotta I gotta get into Guilty Gear because I think a lot of people will tell me that Blaze Blue is sort of a watered down Guilty Gear, and like let me tell you, <laughs> if if Blaze Blue is the watered down version of anything. I am simultaneously excited and terrified of playing like the real deal. <laughs> yeah, Blaze Blue is a is a strong glass of something. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what I'm drinking. It could be arsenic, but <laughs> hey, I, if I'm not kicking him back, I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe you want to take a break and then and then I have like a I have like a signature Kieran thing where I want to talk for a long time about something that you haven't played, so. I'm going to apologize in advance for that. No worries. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, let's take that break. Okay. 
Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. And I'm sorry again for doing this to you. It's okay. We, we just so, have a little halftime. I feel like oh, most no, no, podcasts no. do. I, oh. I'm sorry for what I'm about to do to you. Okay. Okay. Okay, Joey. When we started this podcast, which technically was like eight months ago now, mm-hmm. um, there was one game that I wanted to talk about. And I want to let you know that I have finally beaten that game because I've, I've talked to you about it off the show more than once. Like, I'm almost finished with it. I can't wait to be finished with it so I can talk about it on the show. Like four oh, yeah. or five months ago, I think I was t- telling you about that. This was like arguably like one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is because I really wanted to talk about this game. <laughs> and of course, I haven't fully prepared for it, so it's probably going to be disappointing and my whole life will have been for not. But anyway. You should keep building it up. Let's build it up even more. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> literally, literally w- uh, over a year ago, in April of 2016, <laughs> I started playing a video game. In a log called... cabin. <laughs> <laughs> called... <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei Persona 3. And on, it was like July 20th of 2017, after logging about 100 hours into the game, which I know people people put lots of hours into lots of games. That's not terribly impressive. But still, 100 hours is a long time to put into any video game. Mm -hmm. I finally finished Persona 3. And I feel so many ways about it, Joey. (laughs) So first I want to just I want to just like lay the groundwork. I want to as succinctly as possible which in itself is difficult to do. I want to just like explain for anyone who doesn't know like what kind of a game Persona 3 is. So Persona 3 is a JRPG. Uh it has turn-based battles. Um you explore dungeons with a party and you use weapons and you cast spells on enemies to beat them. Uh so that's like that's like the basest of base descriptions. Um, the Persona series as a whole, and I think the Shin Megami Tensei series as a whole, owes a lot to um, like old school Western RPGs, actually. So yeah. I don't know, Joey, if you ever played like Wizardry or like A Bard's Tale. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever played one of those games where you're in a first person perspective and you're sort of just navigating like a maze and then enemies pop out at you? I it's it's like a very specific type of like old school like computer role playing game from way back in the day. Yeah, I've seen a lot about them, but I don't remember having actually played them myself. So that that's where like the Megami Tensei series got its start as like a sort of um, more. <laughs> this is dumb. It's a Japanese take on that. Like it's it's a Japanese series. Um, so the Persona series is sort of a take on that. Oh, also, okay. So there's here's the other thing. <laughs> so in Shin Megami Tensei and also Persona. There's also elements of Pokemon too, because so there's like enemies that um, that you can recruit in in the Shin Megami Tensei series. They're demons, and you have a demon computer that's strapped to your wrist or something, um, and you can like coerce the demons into joining your crew, so you can fight with them. Um, and that's where your spells come from. Generally, is like um, you attack physically, and then your demon is like your spell casting. Uh, and like different different demons are weak to different things, and, and it's it's very Pokemon in that regard. Um, the Persona series uh, is just sort of like a spinoff of the Shin Megami Tensei series, and it has it still has the like recruiting stuff, but instead of being straight up demons, 
they are like aspects of the self, your your other self, your persona. Um, and each game has sort of um, explored that in different ways with varying degrees of success. Uh, so the first two Persona games are very much like that. You, I think you're still fighting demons in the first two Persona games. Uh, and it's still like you're dungeon crawling, um, and it's pretty standard stuff. Uh, with Persona 3, which is the game that I want to talk about today, uh, they added a new system. Um, they sort of combined the RPG elements with elements of like a dating sim or almost like a visual novel, like life sim. So the basic loop in Persona 3... <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a bad job of explaining this. <laughs> Please interject if you ever have any questions, Joey. Sure, sure. Uh, um, so you are a high school student, uh, and the basic loop is that you... Okay, so first of all, you come to school. It's like a new year. You're like the new kid, but you used to live in this town, but you moved away, and you're, come, and you're back now. Um, at midnight every night, there is a secret time called the dark hour, where if you're a normie, if you're, if you're just a muggle like you or me, uh, you... It's just you're asleep for that time. You you get turned into a coffin, and you are not aware of your surroundings until the next morning, and you think nothing has happened. But <laughs> if you are special, if you're a special little kid, like the protagonist in Persona Three is, um, then you like live to see the dark hour. And during the dark hour, there's these things called shadows that uh, try and eat people. They're they're bad. They they're evil. <laughs> So the basic plot of the game is you sort of get roped into this like special like shadow assault squad of like force sensitive children that are able to like brave the dangers of the dark hour. Um, and so like you think you're just an ordinary high school student, but for some mysterious reason that you don't know why, at midnight every night during the dark hour, your school turns into like a ludicrously tall tower that is like the source of all the shadows. So you and your newfound friends uh, decide you're going to spend your evenings exploring this evil tower where your high school once was. Um, so the basic loop of the game, uh, the game takes place in like in time. Like it, I don't want to say real time because it's not, but like it takes place over like a calendar year basically. So you start out in the month of April. You're just starting out at your new school, um, and I should for anyone who doesn't know the the school year in Japan is different. So April is sort of like the beginning of the year, and not like towards the end of the year. Um, you go to you wake up. Typically, you'll go to school, um, and at school you'll learn some new plot information, or sometimes your teachers will like call on you to answer a tough question. So you get like a little bit of trivia. They'll be like, they'll be like, an isosceles triangle has how many sides the same length, and you have to select that. If you get it right, then uh, you get like bonus points to your intelligence. So there's like little opportunities to like increase your stats, um, and then also typically like. If you have a friend who wants to hang out with you, then they'll let you know, like, hey, you wanna you wanna come to the mall with me after school? So it's very like for someone who <laughs> actually this game sort of like helped me work through my my post high school melancholia, if that makes any sense, Joey. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if you felt this way after you finished like I didn't feel this way after finishing high school, but definitely after finishing college. I sort of felt like, oh, I'm not a kid anymore. Uh, I wish I could like reclaim those days of my youth that I feel like I squandered now. I don't know if that rings any bells for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this game kind of helped me like work through that in a way because it's a game where you get to be a high school student and you get to just like goof off and do dumb shit the way a high school kid does. There's a there's a karaoke bar at the mall and I can't tell you the number of evenings that I just like left all of my friends at my dorm was like 
okay, bye. I'm going to go sing karaoke for three hours, <laughs> which is something you can do in the game. So the basic loop is you go to school, then after school, you get the opportunity to hang out with one of your friends. These are like NPCs you meet in the world. Every once in a while, you'll meet one that like <laughs> you can start what they call a social link with, which means they're basically just like you spend time with this NPC. You like click the button to talk to them. And each character has like a little story that they that you go through. So by hanging out with them, you can advance through your, your, the ranks of your social link with them, uh, which gives you a bonus in like you can, <laughs> you can fuse personas, and the personas get bonuses based on your social links. That's the easy way to explain it. But basically, it's just like this is a game that is about relationships with people. Um, and. I'll take a quick detour here and talk about how there's other games. Each game that there's there's five Persona games now, four and five came after three, obviously, and they also have the social link system. Uh, I played a little bit of four and five, and just from my limited experience with them, these social links are kind of boring in those games. Um, and what I love about Persona Three is every single social link is like bonkers. There's there's like <laughs> there's like this kid that you meet, and he calls himself the Gourmet King because he loves eating food. So when you first meet him, he's like, hey, you want to go eat some food with me? And he like reviews it. He's like, the the Epicurean taste center of this meal has been, yeah, he does stuff like that. Yeah. And then you learn that um, he runs a cult also on the side. <laughs> like he, he like, he like convinces people to give him money in exchange for like being able to get into heaven. And he's all doing this because his brother died when he was younger. And he believes that his parents loved his brother more than him. So he like wants to like pretend to be his brother. I'm forgetting the details. It, there's a lot. And so like you're hanging out with him once and this like this like three like grown men show up and they're like, hey, motherfucker, you got our money. Hey, we want our money back. And he's like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, what do I do? And it's like, whoa, I thought we were just going to the ramen shop to have a meal. I didn't realize that we were like getting into this. So that's just one of the social links. Another one is like there's a, a, a kid who sits at the park and he has like a terminal illness and he's like, I just want to write the one great book before I die. <laughs> and then at the end, when you finish the social link, he dies. And Jesus. like, he, it's not like he, it's not like he like goes to the hospital or anything. He like fades out. He's like, thank you. Thank you for being kind to me. And he like fades away into the dust, like into the wind. Uh, there's a girl, there's like a little girl who uh, like her parents are getting divorced and she like hates it and she's like running away from home. So like they're really serious stuff is going on in this game. And that's kind of what I want to get into. So like there's, okay. <laughs> there is so much that I really strongly dislike about Persona 3. Um, so much of the game is really clunky. Um, wait, back up. I forgot. So at night, <laughs> after you hang out with your friends, you get the choice. You can either like stay in and study, which will help you on your tests because you have to take tests, or you can gather your, your crew of, of force-sensitive buddies and you can decide to brave the tower. And that's like the meat of the game kind of is, is you like grinding out levels and like raising your stats and getting ready for the full moon because on every full moon, there's a boss battle. So you get this, it's like this very nice, um, well, I don't know if nice is the right word, but it's like, it's a very clear cut. Like you always have a goal in mind. Like, you know, okay, it is a new moon today or like the full moon was yesterday. 
which means I have 30 days, just about like 28 to 30 days before my next boss battle. Um, I need to like raise my stats. I need to like, the, I have these like 10 things on this checklist I need to do before then. So it's very like, if you, if you like organization and like <laughs> pretending that your life is like more meaningful than it really is, then it's a very satisfying <laughs> game. Um, okay. So that's, that's the basic loop of the game. And there's like crazy plot stuff that goes on. Um, it kind of turns into Neon Genesis Evangelion at the end, which is, you know, I like Evangelion, but it's very clear that they just like, so did the creators of the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So there's, I don't like a lot of the game. It's clunky. It's slow. It's so frustrating. The battle system is really cool, actually. Um, it's all about finding enemy weaknesses. Basically, all enemies are weak to like one or more like elements, like like fire, ice, um, electricity, or like slashing damage, piercing damage, whatever. Sure. Um, so if you can find out what the enemy is weak to, you can knock them down. And when you knock them down, you can either you, you get another turn. Your your character gets like a second turn. Um, so you can use that. Like if all if three enemies in a row are are going to be weak to electricity, you can get four turns essentially. If you use electric attacks on each one, you can like keep chaining your turns. And that's really cool, but it also works against you. And that's where like the frustration comes in because like, let's say that I have a persona equipped right now that is weak to fire. And I just like, I wasn't paying attention for like a second or whatever. And the enemy got the jump on me in the dungeon. Now, I don't know what the enemy's gonna be. It's just like a black amorphous blob until the battle starts. But like, okay, this enemy now does fire damage and he goes before me now because he got the jump on me. He's going to use a fire attack on me. I'm weak to it. I get knocked down. That means that my turn is gone. Um, in battles in Persona 3, you only control the protagonist. You have like very indirect control of your other party members. You can kind of tell them like the basic game plan, like like use support and healing attacks or spells, or like save your mana because you don't have very much left. But you can't tell them specifically what to do. So that's one thing that sucks. Is sometimes you be like, okay, Yukari. I really need you to heal me this turn. I know I can't force you to do it, but Yukari, look at me, Yukari. <laughs> it would be very advantageous for all of us if you would, and she's like, wind spells! Like, no, Yukari, no! Because when you die, when the protagonist dies, you go back to your last save. And if you haven't saved in a while, that can be really frustrating. <laughs> sure. And it can be very frustrating because it's like not your fault. It's like, I knew what to do there. Yukari has... Mediarama, she can heal all of us, but she's choosing not to. <laughs> um, likewise, like a lot of the game is just sort of like reading boring text. That's a that's a dumb way to put it, but like you can like increase your stats by going to the arcade, for example. You can like increase your speed by playing whack-a-mole. So it's like okay, that that'd be fun. Like, what if there's like a little whack-a-mole mini game you got to play or something like that? Some way to make it interactive. But instead, you just like select whack-a-mole from the menu. The screen goes black. A text box comes up, and it's like you played whack-a-mole. Your speed is increased. Ba-da-ding! And then like now you're done. And then you like then you go back to your dorm. Yeah. So there's a lot that's just like automated, and and it could have been a lot more involved. And it's, I mean, it's a big game. I'm not saying that it would have been easy for them, but like so much of it is just accomplished through text in this medium of video games where there's like so many other ways to convey information yeah and to like give you a sense of of stuff like you don't always level up your social links with your with your partners like sometimes they need a couple of like a couple of days of you hanging out with them before they they're ready to like advance but in those days it'll be like like 
Nozo, Nozomi is the is the gourmet king guy. So it's like whenever you um, spend time with him and the game decides it's not time for you to level up your social link, it'll just be like, you spent time with Nozomi. Then you went home. And it's like, oh, that's so frustrating. Like I, in my ideal world, like every moment that you spent with someone, because that's what the game is about. The game is about like the relationships you build and like how that's so important. Um, it's frustrating that like, so much of like spending time with friends seems like rote and boring when like like friendship is great like you <laughs> fr friendship means that like even when you're spending time with people and not doing anything like it's still fun like you can just be like literally just like sitting in chairs just like kicking back but like when you're with a friend like it's meaningful time like it feels good yeah and like the game makes the the game like makes you feel bad that you spent that time like like <laughs> <laughs> like I have the choice of either studying for my test that's coming up or like hanging out with with the kid on the on the swim team with me. And if I hang out with that kid on the swim team and it's just like you hung out with Kazushi, then you went home. It's like, oh man, I could have been studying. Like <laughs> like no high school student should ever feel like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how the game makes you feel sometimes. And it's like it's very unforgiving. Like people talk about the difficulty a lot in, in the Persona games. Um Definitely, I think this is a game... Like, I played this game with a walkthrough. And I strongly advise anyone who's interested in Persona, use a walkthrough. Um, it just tells... Like, the one that we use just, like, tells you what level you ought to be for every boss battle. And that was, like, perfect for me. Because it's like, okay, I know exactly... Because this is a game... It's about grinding. There's a lot of grinding in this game. Yeah. And, and the, you like, I needed that. Like, I needed to know exactly how much grinding I needed to do. Um... It's like to like keep my brain from melting um and i think there's there's no shame in it like this is definitely a walkthrough game please get get the latest game facts walk through open it up and and make good use of it if you're planning on playing this game because it's just one of those things mm -hmm. so okay so i was like halfway through the game like eight months ago and i was like really frustrated by it right there's so much that's annoying and stupid and it's like it's very regressive in some ways there's like there's no i mean i know there's there's not it doesn't <laughs> there's a, there's a dumb scene where you're at the beach and it's very transphobic and it's stupid and it's bad and it sucks um and the other persona games are just like that persona 5 is like the worst offender in in some ways uh i don't want to get into it but it's like okay there's lots of reasons to not like this game or be frustrated by this game but the very, like, when I finished it. I don't know if it was just because, like, I had sunk so much time into it, or because, like, the ending is, is kind of sweet, in a way. It's, it's, it, it made me feel something, and, like, it made me reflect, like, as the credits were rolling, I finally beat the boss. The boss is another story. The boss takes, like, two hours to fight. Good the boss, okay, Joey, Joey. <laughs> Sometimes end bosses have multiple forms, right? Yes. What's, what's like, the most forms of a boss battle you've ever seen in a game? It's probably one of the Kingdom Hearts, like, 30,000 fucking... Okay, because that, that's how this game was. So I've, I've seen, like, three forms of a boss battle. I've seen even, like, five forms, if, it's, if, it's, if we're getting really crazy. This end boss has, like, 13 forms, <laughs> and each form has its own life bar that you have to get down and it takes and then the last like the 13th form or whatever has a life bar that is four times the length of all the other like even if i i was i was like leveled up enough i had like i had even like grinded more because i wasn't strong enough to beat him at first so i like did more grinding just so i could get my level up enough so that it wasn't like an issue 
it takes bare minimum like 90 minutes just to fight this boss battle and you're just like selecting options from a menu it's not like oh man the the i was stuck on the last boss of this game for a long time and i thought that i wasn't going to be able to do it i was like I, I was at the point like i i did it i did like two runs of it in an evening i spent like four hours and i just died at the end and it's like i i don't think i can do this anymore i was like yeah. i was a broken human being at that <laughs> that night and i took a long break after I, that was in like march and i was like i i'm just not sure that like emotionally i can handle this and i thought that that was going to be the end of my time with persona 3 and that's and that's why like i finally like buckled down and i did my grinding and i beat the game and that's why like i feel i feel changed now joey <laughs> i f- i feel like i'm a different person than i was when i started persona 3 i feel like i i view the world differently i like the cells in my body have died and been replenished literally and and like i i am not the same human being that i was then and it's a crazy feeling it's it feels weird and it feels good and for all of the problems i have with it like i'm really satisfied with the time i spent with that game and like i was sitting there like watching the credits roll and just feeling that feeling that i don't i don't often feel like usually when i beat a game it's like okay cool what's the next one and this game was like i just lost something in a way like i lost this this like piece of me that had been like attached and burrowed down into my 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 very soul i lost my persona (laughs) that night (laughs) and i don't i don't really have much more to say about it i i don't know have you do you have any experience with the persona series i i have persona 4 golden on the vita and Mm -hmm. um i just haven't sunk enough time into it i've only sunk maybe like three hours or something like I I was like, man, I like the uh I like this game. And <laughs> I just haven't mm-hmm. sat back down and played through it for whatever reason. Yeah, the, the, so I kind of have a problem with Persona 4 cuz I feel like Persona 4 just capitalized on the success of 3 without mm-hmm. like thinking it through very well. Cuz like Persona 3 introduces the social link system, but it also makes it very clear that like that's what the game is about. If there's a really cool sequence at the end, so like, okay, spoilers for the end of Persona 3, uh, skip ahead a couple minutes if you don't want to hear it. Um, you're fighting the last boss and like, you can't beat it. And then it like cuts to, it's almost like uh, the end of like the Frieza saga in, in Dragon Ball. Yeah. Where, where like, it cuts to like back in the real world and all of the friends that you've made over the course of the game are like... I feel like I can hear the protagonist's voice. I I want to like lend him my power. And so they all like like the power of friendship is like transferred onto you and like that's what gives you the the final like the final push to like beat the boss. And I feel like the whole game was sort of leading up to that in a way. Like yeah. you you the game was built around like the importance of the game is about death. The game is about like the inevitability of death and like the sort of thesis statement the game makes is like like Yes, death is inevitable, but like it's uh, it's about like the the relationships you build along the way. Like that's what makes life worth living is like who you meet and like the love that you make on the road to the grave that we will all have to walk. But yeah, so that that's what Persona Three is about. Okay, and I'm sort of like waxing poetic because I am being mushy, but no worries. Persona Four, like i get the feeling i don't know for sure but i get the feeling that persona 4 has the social link system in it because it was a popular thing from 3 
So they just kind of carried it over because mm-hmm. why not? And that's frustrating to me because it's like, it should be like intentional. It shouldn't just be like, well, this thing was worked before, so let's throw it in again. Yeah, I, I haven't played <clears> enough of <throat> 4 to tell whether or not it, like the, the social link aspect is like strongly tied thematically to the game or not. Um, I I do know that people shit themselves over Persona 4. Uh, yes, Persona especially. 4 was the, Persona 4 like made the Persona series popular in the West. Yeah. So I think a lot of people came to 4 first and then maybe worked their way backwards to 3. Maybe. Or a, a lot of people actually now probably come to 5 because 5 just came out. Yeah. And if you're curious about anything that I've been talking about up to this point, uh, 5 is good. And it's also like the easily the best playing of the series. A lot of those things that I was saying were frustrating about like getting killed when you didn't realize when you didn't want to and like having to go back like a lot of that is like smoothed over in five so they make it really easy to play it so okay. if you're curious go check out five it also has a lot of the homophobic uh like queerphobic problems that three has but whatever we can't we can't change that <laughs> yeah that's uh that, that that's always definitely a frustrating situation when there's uh just like a uh a work of art whether it be a game movie book whatever that uh like you, you like a lot of aspects of but it has views that you really strongly disagree with and um mm-hmm. it's it it really just comes down to uh like how egregious it is and like in what capacity you're willing to uh i guess kind of put up with it yeah if you i mean do not play persona 4 golden unless you're like really into it joey but if you're if you're curious about it i would suggest playing it on the easiest difficulty setting okay because I, I don't think you get much out of the, out of like the struggle of that game other yeah. than frustrated <laughs> but like there there are some cool like there's some there's a lot of fun stuff in persona even persona 4 which i don't really like that much but there's a lot of fun stuff in 4 and it's easier to get to the fun stuff and have fun with the fun stuff if you're not like still fuming about that time you lost a couple hours ago which has happened to me in 3 before it's sure. like I get to like a fun story moment. I'm like, I'm not having fun because I'm still mad I died earlier. <laughs> yeah, not that that shit's happened to me a bunch recently in uh, the Metroidvanias I've been playing, where like I'll be enjoying the game, but and like I love the tension that mm. uh, the save systems in those games kind of builds, where it's like you have to find a save room and stand still and like save yeah, there yeah, and yeah. like it like since you don't know where they are when you're just kind of running around blindly it's just this constant struggle of like please don't die uh yeah <laughs> and uh like that tension is really nice but it also comes with the price of like quite a bit of convenience because it's not fun playing through the last like 30 minutes or so of a game again yeah it makes you want to like set it down and just get rid of it <laughs> sometimes yeah it like it makes you feel like your time is being wasted and so they're like it's really unfortunate i feel like games are coming up with because that's something that a bunch of games are struggling with is a a means of really introducing tension that Mm -hmm. uh like doesn't come at the cost of that convenience to the player so um there's stuff like hey like dark souls if you die you lose like you know all your souls you have to go back and try and get them and a bunch of games are copying that um Mm -hmm. there's a and a bunch of games are copying that without like realizing the like careful intention behind that in the souls games yeah because like, the souls games do it for a very specific reason and i think if you don't if you don't get that or if you just want to put it in because it's because souls souls likes are hot 
then you're like doing the wrong thing definitely they're like that that's kind of the danger of taking gameplay mechanics out of context uh is Mm -hmm. that they're usually like you know in a really well-made game one that you would usually want to steal mechanics from or borrow whatever um like they're really like thought out and integrated into every other aspect of the game's build but uh you know like if i'm playing uh mario brothers and suddenly every time i fall off a cliff like all my coins pop out of me and then like there's no lives but there's like stores where i can buy shit to make mario jump higher or something it's like (laughs) i'm gonna drop those coins over a cliff it's not gonna feel intentional there's not gonna be a logical way to get that shit like Mm. that that was a really convoluted like example but did you just uh, invent a mario souls like because i kind of want to play that actually (laughs) like i've seen that integrated and integrated relatively well in platformers like specifically shovel knight um but uh, even there like that's actually one of the mechanics that doesn't work super well for me the the one thing it does succeed in is um like giving you that palpable sense of tension or like Mm -hmm. essentially making you care whether or not you die um but again like a lot of that stuff's usually over cliffs and you've got to either like deal with finicky fishing like trying to get your bags back or like uh i feel like the most common outcome is you kill yourself trying to get the results of the last time you killed yourself Um, (laughs) yeah and there's also just like money in that game the things that you would usually want to spend it on are acquired so quickly that money very quickly doesn't have a lot of worth and uh it's really unfortunate because uh a lot of that game's mechanics are kind of centered around treasure and stuff but after a while you just don't really need it because there's nothing of interest to buy that you haven't already yeah my show that experience was was um die over a cliff um die again trying to get my money sack and then just ignore the second money sack because i'm just salty and it's like yep well, i didn't want it anyway fuck off <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I definitely had a lot of that experience and uh <laughs> That's really one of the only, like, what what I just said are some of the only complaints I can levy against Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight is incredible. Shovel Knight's great. Shovel Knight's really good. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, Spectre of Torment, uh, it was exclusive to the Switch for a while, and I didn't know for how long. So it's been months, and I thought that it was still exclusive to the Switch. But uh, it, it's come out on everything by now, so I have access to that via the Wii U, which I originally owned Shovel Knight on, so... Uh, I want to play through that and kind of give my two cents on it at some point because I, uh, I played and beat Shovel Knight's campaign and Plague Knight's campaign. So. Oh, nice! Uh, I haven't done. I've just I just played Shovel Knight once. I didn't play any of the Plague Knight stuff. Yeah, uh, but I heard it was good. Yeah. Sorry. I heard it was good. Yeah, it, it's really good. Um, I actually like the story elements more than I liked the gameplay elements. Um, playing as Plague Knight was not as smooth or satisfying to me as playing as Shovel Knight. It seemed it seemed complicated, and it seemed like it seemed like they're going to be have to they're going to have to be very careful here, because a side-scrolling platformer is so simple, in a good way. Yeah, like it's so it's so like just ubiquitous that like the more systems you tack onto it, you run the risk of like ruining that that like carefully crafted simplicity. Sure, and I I do think Plague Knight comes awfully close to that. It's um, mm-hmm. it's not bad by any means. It's just like if you're comparing it to Shovel Knight then i i feel like if you're to pick between the two definitely go with shovel knight mm-hmm. um yeah but uh 
Yeah, um, the, the other uh, thing, do you want me to jump real quick into a little bit of Splatoon 2? Yeah, sure. Like, okay. Tell me about it. Yeah. It's one um, of those games that I've been meaning to think about maybe even trying to buy, but mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not there, along with ARMS. So, yeah, <laughs> that's quite the commitment from you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I recommend both, by the way. Um, I do think it was really silly of Nintendo to release Splatoon so close to the release of ARMS because, uh, like, because they are both such big multiplayer-focused titles that are, are kind of drip-feeding DLC. Uh, they, mm. they, even if not gameplay similarities, they have a lot of, like, structural similarities, and I feel like ARMS is now being completely overshadowed by Splatoon 2. Yeah, it's sad. ARMS is cool. Yeah. Uh, ARMS I is, assume. <laughs> yeah, no, ARMS is uh, a fantastic fighting game. I, I really, really enjoy ARMS. Um, I think it's light on content, like way too light on content but uh like the core of what's there is really great and they've so far been updating it really consistently so uh if you're curious about arms i would say go for it um in regards to splatoon 2 a whole bunch of people are being like ah it's splatoon 1.5 uh you know like it's just like a very marginal not enough update. Of, an, of an update yeah yeah and to be frank yeah like <laughs> it's uh <laughs> It is essentially Splatoon 1.5. Like, um, they they made plenty of changes. Um, like, all of the uh, the special weapons that you can get are totally new, and that changes the flow of uh, any of the game modes quite a bit. Um, and uh, there's, let's see, um, really that like as far as like the modes that most people are gonna sink the most time into, either like ranked or just like turf wars really that's the biggest change like there are a few new maps but i mean that wasn't uncommon for just like to happen to splatoon there the other big thing is that there were some balancing changes and like additions to weapons so uh chargers are the uh snipers and now uh you can dive back into ink and pop up uh and it'll still be charged a little or it'll be it'll still be charged for a second depending on which weapon you pick uh the rollers can flick ink differently depending on whether you're on the uh ground or in the air um there's new sub weapons there's like a butt ton of new like costumes you you owned splatoon one as well didn't you yes do you uh, like as someone who's played both like how do you feel about it do you think it's not enough of an update do you think it's like what's what's the verdict as as someone who is like a seasoned splatoon veteran as a splatooner um (laughs) i i feel like um if you're only interested, like, if you played uh, enough Splatoon, the original, to get entirely burnt out, and the only thing you're interested in is Turf Wars, uh, I don't think there's enough here that's new to really get you interested, because a lot of the stuff that is really cool is coming from other modes, uh, because mm-hmm. the two modes that make the biggest changes are, or like, the have the most new content are the single-player mode, which is similar in a lot of ways to the last game single player mode, but uh, I think the level design's a lot more interesting. You use uh, a bunch of weapons as opposed to just the uh, splatter shot like you did in the first game, uh, and it it feels like it's got a lot more uh, care and time put into it. It's it's a really really great campaign. Like so far, um, that's some of the most fun I've had in a three D platformer in quite a while. It's just it's really good i like 
if you've got the money to spend and you're looking for a good 3D platformer, like honestly, I would Splatoon. <laughs> I would almost Spl- recommend Splatoon, Splatoon the competitive 2. shooter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would almost recommend it just on the strength of its campaign so far. Wow. Uh, like I I really really enjoy the campaign and the other mode that I really really enjoy is Salmon Run and that's a horde mode, uh, essentially mm-hmm. where there are a whole bunch of different um like like smaller enemies rushing you all the time and then there are these things called boss salmonids and um (laughs) they're like it's like one of maybe eight varieties or something and you have to take each of them out a very specific way so it's like there'll be this one that's shooting missiles at everyone that opens these containers to shoot missiles and you have to throw a grenade in whenever it opens its little containers uh they're like these long metallic like almost snake-like creatures spitting ink everywhere uh where there's a guy controlling it on the butt of the snake and he's the only place you can really hurt it uh there's all kinds of stuff and um salmon run is excellent it is really really good um like except for how you can't play it all the time yeah and that that's my biggest complaint against splatoon is that um like it is a marginal upgrade in a lot of ways over splatoon 1 but it is better in just about every way. The only real mm-hmm. things that are worse are um, the, like, jumping, super jumping to people. You can't do just by tapping the gamepad. You now have to, like, hit a button to bring a transparent map up on the screen and, like, aim where you want to jump. It works perfectly right. fine, but I don't think it's as intuitive. Uh, yeah. And uh, another thing, which is as nitpicky as it fucking gets... Um, in the original Splatoon, on the gamepad, you could play a little mini game whenever you were waiting for <laughs> uh, a match to queue up, and that's gone. Right. No, it was a really boring mini game, but it gave you something. Yeah, to it was kind of it's kind of shitty. Yeah, uh, its kind of replacement is that uh, you can mess with uh, the music now using the analog sticks and the buttons. Uh, will make different noises or change uh, different like the speed and the pitch of the music and stuff like that. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's honestly probably more fun, but I missed the mini game for whatever reason. Uh might yeah. have been weird Stockholm syndrome. Um <laughs> but uh uh as far as the actual content of Splatoon 2 goes, it could use more maps and it's a little samey, but all of the content there is very very good. Uh especially mm-hmm. if you haven't played the original Splatoon, like pick it up. There's there's nothing else even kind of like it and uh it's it's compelling and unique in equal parts which is really really rare in my opinion like it's it's phenomenal stuff um but yeah that's great that's those are two adjectives that you want to that you like everyone dreams their game will will be called (laughs) yeah like it and just the game feel and stuff is so good like shooting uh, other characters feels great and swimming around in the ink and stuff feels really really good and aiming with the especially the motion controls and stuff is like spot on like it it feels like the controls are that really hyper polished that um you associate with something like like a classic mario game or something like mm-hmm. uh the controls i think are something that don't get a lot of praise but that game feels incredible to play nice and uh yeah the other thing is that you can contribute even if you can't shoot like if you're terrible, yeah yeah that's that's nice <laughs> yeah if you're terrible at shooting games it's like cool hit the ground 
like yeah uh and because the like even when you miss you hit <laughs> yeah the the like biggest draw supposedly like the main game mode is turf wars where you just try to cover the ground in more ink than your opponents and it's it's so different and so compelling it's really really fun and uh it's it's addictive and it's it's all great um so I don't really have many complaints about the actual content that Splatoon 2 has. My complaints are mostly with the way in which it doles out that content, which are so mind-numbingly backwards. Um, Nintendo is in full force Nintendo here. Um, just uh, So Salmon Run might be the biggest offender because you can only play that game on certain days within certain periods of time. So there will be like 12 to 24 hour blocks in which you can play Salmon Run. At all other times, it is literally gated off. There's just a giant metal gate in front of it. And I, I like, <sighs> like I, I'm trying, whenever something stupid happens, I try to think from the other person's perspective. Um, I'm having legitimate trouble here. Like, I know Nintendo was saying that they were afraid that uh, Salmon Run might not catch on and that mm -hmm. they wanted to make sure that, uh, like, people wouldn't have trouble queuing up. Um, right. But Splatoon 2 has been selling really, really well on a system that's been selling really, really well, and that mode is incredibly popular. There shouldn't be any issue there. Uh, so yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, like, they, like, built for... They, they built the structure of it, like, in this doomsday scenario. It's like, oh, God, no one's playing our game. It's like, no, no, we are. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Please take the restrictions off. So I, I do have some hope that they'll actually go back on that. Um, I don't know how likely it is. But if their reasoning is what they actually publicly stated it was, then uh, that'd be really nice. Um, the yeah. other thing, and this would just take some really simple rebalancing, and I hope this isn't the main reason, but knowing Nintendo, it probably is. Um you get uh, a lot of in-game currency and rewards pretty quickly for playing Salmon Run. Um, and that's kind of, like, one of the big draws of it, is that, like, you get a lot of rewards. Like, it's one of the fastest ways to get rewards um, in Splatoon. Mm -hmm. So... So you think that's why they're gating it? Because they're like, oh, we don't want to give them too much. I, I do think, like, I don't know if that's, uh, like, a byproduct of the fact that it's not always available, and they want to kind of like acclimate people to it see if they actually dig it or if it's like them like we want a mode in which there are really really rich and frequent rewards so we can't have it there all the time or it won't be special um yeah i really hope either way it's like just let us play it right like yeah <laughs> like um there there are people who have bought this game and have not yet been able to try out that mode uh, because right. they, you know, they have other shit they need to do, and they sit down. They're like, "Ah, yeah. time to play Splatoon." And it's like Nintendo's like, "No, nah, I'm sorry, man, you just can't." And it's like, "Yeah, why? Explain yourself. I've bought this product <laughs> from you. Uh, that's kind of as far as I want our relationship to go. I did not invite you into my house <laughs> to tell me when I can and can't play your fucking game." Um, <laughs> So that's obviously really stupid, but like that's also not where it ends. There's shit like um uh similar to the first Splatoon, maps are on a rotation. Uh it's mm -hmm. it's a two hour rotation as opposed to four hours from the first game, but uh every two hours there are only two maps. 
that you can play on and it just randomly picks between the two um it's it's really unbelievable it's like i don't believe that that is the way that they built this video game but that's yeah that's, they did it they did that <laughs> as true. someone who's played both splatoon games it's shit there's no excuse for it uh i sit down and i play for a while and i'll play the same map two three four times in a row and be like i'm i'm kind of done i don't want to play this game anymore <laughs> like and it's like that's like 20 minutes and right they're not very long matches no like uh each match is three minutes long i believe uh mm-hmm. and it's like guys they're nintendo is so anti-consumer in so many ways um <laughs> and uh the other thing which is also really frustrating is that uh the competitive modes being um like there are three of them right now and um there's like one where you have to like it's a weird variant of capture the flag where you have to get uh like where the flag is just a super powerful weapon called rainmaker and there's one i think called tower control where um you have to like get on this tower and splat it with your team's ink and then it slowly slides towards the other team's uh like base and once it gets there you win and the third one uh is my favorite and it's just called i think it's called splat zones and uh in that one there's a really small area um that um like it's um i forget what the phrase for it is but uh essentially once you cover that entire area and your team's uh color paint then a timer starts ticking down and then whoever gets to zero first wins and uh so for instance i like splat zones but i'm not crazy about uh you know rainmaker i don't think it's as compelling but the mm. game picks which of these three modes will be active every two hours. Right. So, like, that one's even worse because if I want to play Splat Zones, I literally have to fucking schedule it out. Right. And like, guess what? Not not everyone, like, there will be plenty of people who just, like, don't have the time in the day to, to do that, right? Like, yeah. Like... Okay, I can't play my favorite mode because I have work. <laughs> yeah. Um... It's no secret that I'm primarily a Nintendo gamer. And when the first uh, Splatoon came out, I hadn't played as many online games as frequently. But Mm -hmm. since that game has come out, I played a lot of Halo 5 online. I've played a lot of Overwatch. (laughs) I've played a lot of other shooters. And it's just, like, there is no reason for Nintendo to go about this the way that they are. Like, <laughs> Nintendo is helicopter parenting their fucking customers, and it's really, really <laughs> weird. Um, it, like, it verges on destroying the game in a lot of ways. <laughs> like, every one of my major complaints uh, stems yeah. from Nintendo's asinine decisions. And they're not gameplay yeah. decisions. They're, no. again, like, the, it's not the content. It's the way that they're doling out the content. And... If they make a Splatoon 3 and they pull this shit again, I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to fucking buy that game. Like, right. I'm I'm kind of done with this. And what's even more baffling is that ARMS came out, you know, like a few months beforehand and had none of this bullshit. Like... It, yeah, it's a, it seems to be a Splatoon-specific thing that they, they firmly believe in. Yeah. And I... Again, Nintendo's just being stubborn seemingly for the sake of being stubborn. Uh, like... <laughs> Nintendo is a company that doesn't learn from their mistakes and in fact doubles down on them 
and uh it's this is wait this this is what like the 12th episode i want to get a super cut of every time that you have said you you have like made a nintendo simile i feel like in almost every episode you've been like nintendo is like that kid at lunch who and then like the next episode nintendo is just like your old grandpa that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh we talk about nintendo a lot and uh it's positive <laughs> and negative again in equal turn i yeah i adore, at the same in the same breath <laughs> yeah i adore their video games and their output i think they make really great hardware i think they make a lot of wonderful decisions but they make an equal number of uh like wait a minute what if we just did something really fucking stupid and <laughs> It's like they don't have someone there to be like, uh, excuse me, sir, maybe you shouldn't do that. It's like they're standing there like, excellent idea, sir. Like it. God. Nintendo has no self-awareness and uh, they, they really, really need to because, uh, again, so long as they're successful with this kind of shit, it's going to keep happening. And um, mm-hmm. it's a shame because the only thing holding back nintendo is nintendo and it's (laughs) such a frustrating situation to be in like looking in from the outside being like just be less shit and like (laughs) that's that's why everyone loves nintendo because nintendo is 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 you nintendo is you and me you know like the we we are only held back by our own inadequacies and that's that's why nintendo is like the people's company because they they are also <laughs> just as fallible as the, the common working working class person. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to pivot towards the end of the episode. I'm sorry, Joey. <laughs> I get you, man. And uh, I I actually think that's probably about a good place to to cut it off. Uh, anything anything else, real quick, you want to throw in? No, I'm. Uh, there's a hole in my heart, and I need to fill it with another video game. So I'll try and finish. I'll, I'll try and do that in between uh, now and the next episode we record. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I do recommend ARMS and Splatoon. Um. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, I'm, I don't know, I've met weird, I've met weird hangups with buying those games. Oh, I no, guess no, no, no. I, I guess because I, oh, sorry, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I, I just meant, like, to, to our audience, like. To anyone. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Like, in general, I recommend them. Uh, it, it's see. not, it's not like a, holy shit, go out and buy this. It's a, if you buy this, I think you'll have a good time, but. Mm-hmm. it's yeah you know it, it's not breath of the wild it's not the witcher 3 it's just like they're, they're good yeah <laughs> yeah um kieran yes. um get you a ps vita tv yeah ps tv whatever yeah. and uh get you some danganronpa okay <laughs> i want you to play danganronpa <laughs> i want to play danganronpa maybe that'll be the next thing (laughs) i'll figure it out i'll see what platforms are available and how i can play it yeah i I do want to play that game dude just watch a fucking let's play if you want because yeah i guess that's yeah that's another option if if there are let's plays that aren't like with if there are let's plays without commentary like it is a visual novel so i mean right unless you like you can even hold a remote and hit a button every now and again and replicate the sensation I can just hold my controller and just tap the X button every so often. Yeah. I'm playing it. I'm playing it, Dad. It's like I'm there. <laughs> Where? Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out what we're going to play, what we're going to talk about, 
and then we'll talk about it on the yeah. next episode of Late to the Game. Mm-hmm. One final quick note. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Kieran and I have been trying and failing to fuck with um, trying to get some Let's Plays up. Um, so if there's a game that you guys specifically want to see us uh, play, ideally PC, ideally, ideally that I already own because I'm a cheap fuck, um, <laughs> uh, then uh, yeah, just just send us an email at uh, Joey and Kieran late to the game at gmail.com and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll check it out. We'll 100% play it. Yes, every one of them. <laughs> I, hope, I, I hope it's Garfield Cart. <laughs> All right, time to do what we always do when we finish the episode. Go play Garfield Cart together. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, See you on you the later. track, Joey. <laughs> uh, I call Odie, as I always do. Bye, everyone.